Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Ball and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hey, Patrick, how's it going today? Pretty good, Jeff. How are you? Um, all right. I'm on uh, coffee number three, <laughs> which means it's definitely my final one. Yeah. But it's still cold out, and I still wanted something warm, so, you know, there we go. Yeah, I'm just chugging the water. Get the, get the big one. God, yeah. get the barbell of water. Oh, yeah. Get a little, get a little lifting in before I, you know, drink it down. I mean, does that thing come with a handle and wheels, too? I mean, you just roll. It's <laughs> uh, the <least> handle. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah, I got a, a new one because uh, blue is my favorite color, and right. I was looking for like a little, like a sheath, like what you have, like for for cans and whatnot. Right. I think it was like twenty bucks just to have that. I'm like, no, nah, I wait for a price cut. Right. Word. Yeah. Check out Bargain Hunt, see what's in there. Yeah. Oh my God, that's nuts. Crazy. Uh, how's your week? Oh, uh, not a bad week. Um. So uh, yesterday. I picked up my daughter, so I made the long trip to Smithville to pick her up. Gotcha. And um, actually, wasn't a bad drive. It's you know nice scenery. If it hadn't have been gloomy that part yeah. of the day, um, you know, it's not a lot of farmland and um, it's a long trip, but it was nice and relaxing though. You know, it was a good kind of get away from Nashville for that little time. And the Positive about where she lives now, there's a Walmart literally in the backyard. So if they oh. need anything, they don't have far to go. So if it yeah. snows, they can walk if they need to. Um, but yeah, other than that, week was good. Picked my daughter up, came back, and it's been it's pretty good right now. Okay, great. Um, we had so Ruth and I both uh, this past week got our second vaccinations. So mm-hmm. we're you know, we're all set, ready to go, ready to rock and roll. Um, you know, Ruth definitely needed it. I always had this weird guilty conscience thing because I don't, I don't know. I feel others need to, should have it before me, but work offered it, so I'm not going to say no. Um, you know, but it, uh, so yeah, so we got our, you know, had our first rounds right before Christmas and then second rounds this past week. I was sore for about two days and that's it. No side effects. Uh, not to doubt no i mean some people have had it worse much worse but uh yeah for me it's just sore arm for both time both trips around so that was it what so so pretty much like getting a flu shot you get a little sore arm and right. that. pretty much yeah. yeah and then you don't okay. think about it after that yeah <laughs> you don't think about whether or not the government's tracking you i made the joke because there are a lot of people that seem to think that this is how they're going to microchip you and shit like that. And of course, and how to, how they're going to track you and your movements and everything. And I'm like, realize a cell phone does the exact same thing. Exactly. We're already, <laughs> I mean, as we have come to find out after the insurrection at the or at the uh, Capitol, uh, that's how they are finding everybody. It's either people turn them in or just tracking them from their phones. Cause they had their phones on during the insurrection. So that was pretty funny. Um, sometimes, Stupid Gotta people. turn that lo- turn the location off if you're gonna do that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, so you know, thankfully, you know, in our line of work, uh, when uh, criminals are, you know, we're lucky that criminals are stupid, so it makes it easier for us. Um. 
anyways, uh, <laughs> so I always I made the joke about you know well hopefully the first shot when you know when they put when the Microsoft chip goes in me hopefully it'll help me better with math. <laughs> <clears throat> and then uh, I figured that's like oh the booster shot that's for the Norton McAfee antivirus. Right. That goes with Windows. <laughs> that goes with Windows. That's that's what that is. It's and ironically, it's an antivirus. <laughs> and, then, and then another cool thing will be when you wake up, you have the window sound, do 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 do, or your shutdown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and every night you have a software update. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh mercy! It's fun to be able to joke about things that are fairly serious because it helps us get through the day. Um, Facts. Yeah. Um. Especially on a day like today where, or at least, you know, when we're, this will be dropped and we're also recording the same day, um, on uh, remembering Martin Luther King and all the work, all the amazing uh, work he did for civil rights. And, you know, there's a great documentary, it's on my list, that uh, I saw on iTunes called uh, MLK FBI. And it's about the FBI's investigation into Martin Luther King, and it just sounds fascinating. It's on iTunes for like seven dollars, I think, six or seven dollars. So it's on my list to rent because it sounds absolutely fascinating, and I can't wait to watch it. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so it's a uh, it's great to talk to Grayson and York's. You know, been learning about it in school and stuff, but you know, great to talk to Grayson as to why she didn't have school today and why there's. I mean, she actually does but she also has two dance practices today anyways but right. getting to talk to her about why you know like york doesn't have school and what all that means and it's a uh, no it's just great so um dang helps give people perspective and everything um so anyways on to water notes um <laughs> excuse me so yeah i had a list of, as i was telling you earlier, i had a list of bunch of depressing movies to talk about because it's january so all the depressing movies are coming out um if anybody is i don't think we posted this article just yet but i think you might have posted the video i can't remember or shared it um netflix is releasing a new movie every week for the entire year so uh that's interesting I think that's what, yeah, yeah. And uh, and that was an Instagram video that had the collage right. of the different yeah yeah and they just did their running video so uh one of the so one of the movies is Outside the Wire with Anthony Mackie so that's one of the ones I'm going to talk about I figured that's going to be a lot more entertaining than some of the other ones I've watched I'll kind of spread it out yeah. <laughs> so I'll just spread spread the sadness out I mean they're great I've not seen the bad movie yet this year. Fingers crossed. Um, thankfully, um, but they're not happy movies. That's, I mean, um, but yeah. So, <sighs> all right, man. Let's get into it. Uh, our, the one you've watched, and I've watched about seventy percent of. Um, one night in Miami, released on Amazon Prime, directed by Regina King. Uh, Movie came out this year at one hour, 54 minutes. It is, uh, according to the summary, One Night in Miami is a fictional account of one incredible night where the icons Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown 
gathered discussing their roles in the civil rights movement and cultural upheaval of the 1960s. Starring Kingsley Ben Adir as Malcolm X, who was also he played uh, Barack Obama in the uh, the Comey rule on Showtime. Okay, and does an amazing, amazing Obama. Like doesn't try to impersonate him, but his take on him is just it was amazing. So of course the entire time I'm watching this, I'm seeing Obama and not Malcolm X. <laughs> right. It's kind of I can kind of see I can kind of see yeah. the favoritism in that. Yeah, yeah it's favorite. crazy. <clears throat> uh, Eli. Gree playing Cassius Clay, who again did a good job playing the character, not trying to do an imitation. Yeah. And that's the one thing I'll say about this entire cast. They do a good job playing the characters and not trying to do impersonations of right. the people. Um Aldous Hodge plays Jim Brown. And uh Leslie Odom Jr. plays Sam Cook. Uh, most people know him from Hamilton. And then uh, Lance Reddick plays uh, Brother Kareem. Christian Magby plays Jamal. And then uh, Michael, Imperi- Michael Imperioli plays uh, Angel Dundee, uh, Cassius Clay's boxing manager. And Lawrence Gilliard Jr. plays uh, Bundini. Brown and Bo Bridges is actually in that. That was an interesting cameo. Um, playing Mr. Carlton. And I guess it's his daughter, Emily Bridges, plays his daughter, Emily Carlton. So, yeah. Big, big cast. So, oh, yeah. So, since you've actually seen this all the way through, um, um. I agree as far as the actors portraying the, the, the well, I won't say characters, but the actual people. Right. Um, like, I'm, I'm not as familiar with Jim Brown and Sam Cooke, but um, as far as Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, and Malcolm X, like, I was, you know, I, when I was looking at them and watching them and paying attention to them, they did a great job as far as bringing them to big screen. And then this is Regina King's first feature directorial so this is the first time directing a, as far as a feature film. Right. And um, it's also based on a play by uh, Kemp Powers, who also wrote the screenplay. Okay. And I feel like the as far as the writing is, pre- is strong, the directing was pretty strong as well. Um, <clears throat> I Like, you know, when I, I saw it posted, like, I don't even think I watched the trailer beforehand. So, or maybe I did. I, I can't remember. I don't remember seeing the trailer. So I didn't really know what I was getting into when I started watching it. So, right. um, you know, you think it's going to be just people trying to do over the top versions of the people then. Um, That's a but, yeah. But um, yeah, everybody was pretty grounded, which is, you know, definitely attributed to the directing. You know, they didn't just let them fly free and do, you know, they kept them kind of in a box so to speak to just to make sure these the character portrayal was as accurate as possible and then you know of course this night is considered is a fictitious account so you know they met at the hotel and nobody really knows what transpired from that but this right. you know it was it starts off you see Cassius Clay almost losing a 
fight because he took his opponent lightly. Yep. And Sunny, then you, I think. Huh? I think it was Sonny Liston. I think it was Sonny Liston fight. No, not the first one. Oh. Yeah, no, the first one was against Cooper in England. Yeah, yeah so he, he kind of he kind of got his his lights knocked a little bit and because just were taking him lightly. Then they show Sam Cook having an embarrassing performance at uh, Copacabana. Yeah. And um, then Jim Brown goes visits a family friend, and he's not even allowed entry into the home when he offers to help move something because you know of course he's a black man in the South and they don't allow that. And then what causes the characters to get back together in the hotel, of course, Cassius Clay becomes heavyweight champion of the boxing world by beating Sonny Liston when Sonny Liston just gives up. Right. And then, you know, it, it showed like their, their friendship, despite their varying differences as far as their political views, they still maintain their friendship. And it shows like regardless of what do you think, what you believe, you can still have that foundation of friendship and uh, you know get through it and this is also showing the night that Cassius decides he wants to join Nation Islam mm -hmm. and also Malcolm is you know contemplating leaving Nation of Islam and kind of going over the implications of that because you know that's you know it's not something you do you don't just leave right and um but yeah, like I, I really enjoyed it. It did take me a minute to get into it because I was, I don't know what it was. My mind just wasn't focused right. on it. And then after about, like it's nothing against the movie. It's just me just being distracted and not zero in on what's going on. But about maybe 10, 15 minutes in and I was, I was go. You're there. Gotcha. Yeah. But uh, I did enjoy it. I uh, hope Jenny King does more directing. Me too. Yeah. She's got an eye. I, I like it. Yes, and um, I like what she did with the characters in that she really to keep try to keep them from becoming caricatures of yeah. the characters. So I thought <clears throat> thought she did a good job keeping those actors from you know trying to do too much. I guess is a good you know is a good way. Like yeah. it's like when you because when you're trying to do something with Muhammad Ali, he's so I mean he's walking caricature I mean, yes yeah. you know it's being able to try and rein that in <clears throat> you know it's got to be difficult but they i think uh i think the uh that uh eli gory did a really good job being able to do that <clears throat> like around the public he's kind of flamboyant and everything but around his close friends he's able to kind of he's more grounded he's more grounded more chill i guess is a good way to put it yeah but pretty much around everybody else including his managers and everything still trying to be mr flamboyant about everything yeah then he was drawing comparisons to gorgeous george and wrestling like yeah. how you know he's he's kind of like you know he's not really a villain he's not really a hero he's kind of in the middle yeah. and he just eggs the crowd on just to get them into his character and right. so that's kind of what he's playing his himself as you know like right. yeah i'm gonna be boisterous i'm gonna do what i do because this gets people in the seats <laughs> right gets yeah. people in the seats gets people to notice me you yeah. know i'm gonna do this yeah. and uh, yeah i thought the no the acting was you know pretty outstanding 
you know, again, like you, I kind of came into this not really knowing much, which white it's kind of been proving to be better. The <laughs> the yeah. less is more <laughs> type of thing. Um, even though we post trailers, that doesn't mean we watch them all. <laughs> um, spoiler alert, but yeah. it, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I really, you know, think this is very good. I think, I mean, it is rated R cause there's a lot of language. Um, that's main, the main thing. Yeah. Um, the violence that it shows is just the fighting, you know? So it's, yeah, it's more about that than anything else, uh, about the language than anything else. Uh, yeah, uh, I think it's an, I think, uh, I would definitely recommend it. I think it's a very well done, uh, movie. I'm sure it'll get writing air. I'm sure it'll probably get start getting some award nominations and everything whenever those start coming out in the next two to three weeks. I think, yeah. uh, Golden Globe or SAG one, uh, Golden Globe comes out. I think I put it on my calendar. I think it's the 7th okay. of February. Second or seventh, I can't remember. But anyways, it's coming out in the next couple of weeks. So uh, I'm looking forward to all that. Uh, I had sent you this text uh, the other day that they moved the SAG Awards because the Grammys, I guess, were competing for the same night. So the SAG Awards actually aren't going to happen. So I want to say April. Oscars Oscars were trying to do the same night, or was it? Was no. Oscars or Grammys? It was the Grammys. Grammys we're, trying okay. to, we're trying to do it the same night as SAG Awards. Uh, so I think SAG Awards may actually be like after the Oscars this year. So that would be interesting. Yeah. Weird and wacky year. Um, Already. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I actually forgot. Uh, Kinsley Benadir was also in Noel, the Christmas movie with Anna Kendrick and uh, Bill Hader on uh, Disney Plus that I talked about. 2019, I think. Okay. I remember that. <laughs> I can't remember, but yeah. Um, but I really liked it. We actually watched it again last year. Um, so yeah, so, but yeah, so two recommendations from both of us or same recommendation, but from both of us, there we go. Uh, so I watched outside the wire came out January 15th on Netflix as part of their weekly rollout of movies, I guess, uh, So it's a uh, stars Anthony Mackie as Leo, Damson Idris as Harp, Enzo Salenti as Miller, Emily Beckham as Sophia, Michael Kelly, one great character actors, one of those people you always see in everything but may not know his name. He's in everything. Um, it's Eckhart, and uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, so this is a sci-fi action movie that takes place in 2035. So in the near future, a drone pilot sent into a war zone finds himself paired with a top-secret android officer on a mission to stop a nuclear attack. So basically, uh, Harp, uh, Damson Idris's, Idris's character, uh, <laughs> is a drone pilot. He has to make a crucial call uh, in a during a incursion encounter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he has to make he basically disobeys his subordinates and or I mean his superiors, I mean, and makes a judgment call and then 
in doing so has to uh, pay the price. And then his price is he gets sent to the front line. So I guess that's how they do things in the future. I don't know. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. So he uh, so he gets paired up with Anthony Mackey's uh, Leo, who is an android. And they have to basically just go and try and get, you know gather intel on essentially the bad guy who is trying to take over a country and uh, thwart the nuclear attack that, you know, that may be, you know, uh, possible nuclear attack because they're trying to get all the pieces together that they need and whatnot. So they, uh, so they go on this journey, you know, it's almost like a road journey, <laughs> but, it's, you know, on foot for most of it. There is some good action in it. Um, for a Netflix movie, it's good. I mean, for a Netflix movie. It's no extraction. I'm sorry. The bar's right. been set. For me, the bar's been set. All right. So, uh, but there is some decent action in it. Uh, you know, it's it's entertaining. It's not It's not anything you really have to pay too much attention to, but it is, it is entertaining. I enjoyed it. It's, you know, it's an action movie. It's fine. You yeah. know, I'm not getting all, you know, uh hyped up about it or you know but it's if you're looking for something to watch sure i mean it would have been a good red box if it come to red box um but i enjoyed watching it it was it was fine um again it's it wasn't really anything that like stuck out i was like oh no this is great i was like oh there's a twist oh yeah not really it's kind of lame um but no it's fine uh The acting, yeah, yeah, acting's fine. I mean, it's just a fine movie. It's a fine action movie. It's not anything I'm going to, I may rewatch it if there's nothing else on, but it, I mean. Yeah. I'm it's sure I'll have a choice. Yeah, it's not one I'm just going to rush. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to go rush to watch it again. It's also rated R because of language and, you know, um, some pretty violent scenes, action scenes. Um, but all in all, yeah, it's. It's a fine movie. I enjoyed it. Um, could have been doing laundry or something else while also, or dishes, yeah. you know, while also watching it. It doesn't take too much, uh, doesn't require too much you know, to follow along what's going on. Okay. Uh, next up, I watched the much talked about, much hyped, not kind of hyped, I guess. A lot of, there's some buzz about it for, you know, for awards season. Uh, Pieces of a Woman, starring Vanessa Kirby, who was in Hobbs and Shaw. She played Shaw's sister. Uh, Shia LaBeouf is also in it. Uh, and Ellen Burstyn. Also, uh, one of my favorite comedians, Eliza Schlesinger, who was also in Spencer Confidential. Um, she's only got a few scenes, but she plays Vanessa Kirby's sister. Um also, Benny Safdie is in it. Sarah Snook from Succession, if anybody watches that. Um, Molly Parker. And I think that's pretty much everybody's. Yeah, that we're going to know. Um, so, Pieces of a Woman's about um, a young mother whose uh, home birth ends in unfathomable tragedy. 
She begins a year-long odyssey of mourning that fractures relationships with loved ones and this deeply personal story of a woman learning to live alongside her loss. So, yeah, this movie is so depressing <laughs> to oh, watch. Lord. It is so depressing, but it's also so good. <laughs> like, it's like, I was like, God, this is, this hurts to watch. And it's not in a bad way. I mean, it's just yeah. because you feel her pain. Like, Vanessa Kirby will definitely be getting nominated for her role in this movie. Because her acting in this is, is pretty, it's pretty lights out. It's, it's, yeah, it's pretty good. It's okay. tough to watch because of the subject matter. Kind of like when I talked about never, rarely, sometimes, always. I think I got that right. Um, how that movie was, because it was about uh, abortion and everything. Kind of like how that movie was tough to watch, but it was so good and it's so beautifully acted. This is movie in the same way, <laughs> just losing a child of a different, you know, in a different way. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so hard to watch. It's but it's done so well. The acting's beautiful in it. I love Ellen Burstyn. She's great in this. Um, she she may get a supporting nomination. Actually, it is, I think because it's I think her acting in this was outstanding. Um, yeah, but it is this movie's kind of tough. I mean, she goes through a lot, and you can really just see her struggling to kind of get through it and kind of closing herself off to everybody yeah so but yeah it's directed by i want to it's not cornell because there's a possibility on the so cornell mandruzzo mandruzzo there we go who i don't really know much i think it's probably done mostly Jupiter's Moon, White God, Tinder Sun, Delta. Yeah, I've never heard of any of these, so they're probably foreign language films. Um, but it's a. Uh, it was written by Kata Weber, and uh, yeah, but it yeah, it's good. I mean, it is again, it's kind of tough to watch. Shy is not bad in this, you know. He's a decent actor. He's just apparently an a-hole, you know, as a person. <laughs> kind of like one of those when you separate the person from their work. Right. Like his, his work lately, between Honey Boy and this one, and a couple other roles he's had that aren't Star Wars roles, or I mean not Star Wars, uh, Transformer roles, mm-hmm. you know, he's got a decent, he's got some decent work in there. He's just apparently a straight-up a-hole <laughs> as a person. So I can surely affect things. <laughs> yep. And it does make it harder to work on set with people that are like that. Um, but yeah, so, it, you know, what I recommend this movie, if you want to see some, some beautiful acting, sure. Yes, definitely watch it. Um, I would certainly probably recommend watching the trailer first. Um, be sure you're in the mood. I guess to watch it. I mean, I don't know how you get in the mood to watch this, but I mean, yeah. don't don't be sitting there wanting something. I want to say cheerful, but you know, I, you know, you you got to be in the right frame of mind to want to watch this because it is it is a tough watch for sure. But it's so good and the acting is so brilliant. Um, yeah, love Vanessa Kirby in this. So 
Um, can't sing her praises enough. And Ellen Burstyn, too. And Shia is good. In the, you know, the acting is great. Directing's good. The story alone, you know, is... Whew, it's tough, it's just, but it's good. I mean, it's done well. It's just, again, it's... Whew, <laughs> it's definitely kind of tough to watch. So kind of, again, be in the right frame of mind. Um, all right. I'm going to move on to something a little bit lighter. I guess you could say this is a classic rewind or whatever. Um, every now and then I like to try and watch a movie that I haven't seen before that, you know, is not a recent film. So I was recommended to me by a coworker mm-hmm. who had been trying to get me to watch cause I don't like John Wayne movies. He's been trying to get me to watch more John Wayne movies, even though I've seen plenty. I just it's just not for me. Yeah. Um, westerns, I pick you on my westerns. I'm sure we've had this conversation before. Um, but he wanted me to watch Big Jake, so I told you know finally after get after him continuously asking me if I'd watched it yet, I finally said you know what I'll watch it this week. Not only that, I will actually talk about it on the podcast. So, Bob, I am talking about it on the podcast now. Uh, Big Jake from 1971. It is PG-13. It has a runtime of one hour and 50 minutes, which means it probably wasn't rated or uh, had a PG rating beforehand because PG-13 didn't occur until 1984. So, anyways. Yeah. Nerd trivia right there. Anyways, uh, in 1909, when John Fane's gang kidnaps Jacob McCandle's grandson and holds him for ransom, Big Jake sets out to rescue the boy. So, obviously, it stars John Wayne as Jacob McCandles, Richard Boone as John Fane, Maureen O'Hara, who has a very small role in this, as Martha McCandles, <clears throat> Patrick Wayne, as James McCandles, that is John Wayne's son. Christopher Mitchum, uh, as Michael McCandles. Singer Bobby Vinton, as Jeff McCandles. Uh, And then uh, Harry Carey Jr., as Pop Dawson. Let's see here, trying to just get through the people, most people. Ethan Wayne, also John Wayne's son, as Little Jake McCandles. So... Which would be the one that got kidnapped. So when I was watching the movie and I told Bob I was only probably halfway through it, uh, that I'd watch it, you know, finish it later. Yeah. I said, so what you're trying to tell me, this movie's about an abusive father <laughs> that likes to beat on his kids, <laughs> likes to, or likes to fight his kids um, that he hasn't seen in 10 years and uh, wants to go and rescue a grandson he's never met. Okay. Wow. That's a, that's a, there you go. There, that's my summary of what I've watched so far. <laughs> um, he's like, well, that's not exactly, you know, what it's what it's about. I said, I said, I said, that's what I've taken away from it so far. Basically, John Wayne, right. it, him and him and his wife, I guess, uh, had a falling out, so he left, and uh, he'd been gone nine years, four months. And has not had any kind of relate, like hasn't, I guess, apparently written 
or talk to his kids in that long period of time wow. or his grandkid for that matter so it's uh you know or even knew he had a grandkid so it's like one of those things where you're like but he's going to go and try and rescue him and he my feeling throughout watching this movie is that he cares more about the grandson he's never met than he does for his two sons that he's wow. legit had two fist fights with in this movie Guess because he hadn't had a fist fight with the grandson yet. <laughs> I guess that's probably why. But straight up, you know, his one son keeps calling him daddy instead of father, which I guess mm-hmm. back then he was supposed to call him. So he sees it as being disrespectful. So he goes and just starts fighting his son. I'm like, okay. I'm now granted, they're grown ass men, but still, it's still your kid. Right. Exactly. You know, in 10 or 15 years, I don't want to be like, you know, starting fights with my kid, even if he is grown. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just not something I can see doing, but I, whatever. It's a John Wayne movie. It's a Western. I guess they just did things differently. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so this isn't a bad movie. It's actually pretty entertaining. It's sluggish at parts, but it's... It's sluggish at parts, but for a John Wayne movie, it's actually entertaining, and it's... You know, it's kind of fun. It's fun in in, uh, in parts. Yeah. So I didn't hate it. Um, it's okay. It's I didn't hate it. Rio Bravo and El Dorado are still my two favorites of John Wayne movies. But that's generally because the secondary cast is actually better than the lead. So yeah. when you have Robert Mitchum, when you have Robert Mitchum as your supporting character, it's sometimes you get outshined. Same thing yeah. with. Same thing with Dean Martin and Ricky Nelson. So they kind of, some people kind of steal the show. That and John Wayne plays the same character and everything. So it's not really, he's not really, he's like The Rock. He plays the same thing and everything. Just a and that's okay. name hey, sometimes. <laughs> and that's okay. When you, when you're good at something, you know, why screw with the formula if it works right? That's true. You find that niche, just stick just go with, with it till it doesn't work. Yep. Uh, real quick before I, and we did, uh, Grayson and I did watch Spy Kids. York had already seen it a bunch of times. I had never seen it because I never had a reason to. Mm-hmm. Spy Kids, to make anybody else feel old, turns 20 this year. It came out in 2001, November wow. 2001. Yeah. Uh, Big Jake turns, uh, I got to do math, 60? I think 60 this year because it came out in 71. No, not 60, Jesus. It turns yeah. 50 this year. 50 because I was born in 77. I had to do better math. Turns 50 this year. Jesus Christ. Uh, um, so there you go. So we did watch Spy Kids. Grayson really liked it. She started watching the second one. I did not watch it with her, but I put it on the iPad so she can watch it. Um, so she's enjoying that series. And lastly, real quick, I meant to do this at the top of the episode and forgot. I want to give a quick shout out to Carter's Junk Removal Service. Um, you could call it a plug, I don't care, um, or an ad, but they we had a bunch of stuff we've been cleaning out that we've had out in the out in our back area that we've been needing to get hauled away for like, I don't know, six, seven months, and it's just trashy and stuff in our driveway that's been there for God knows how many years. Yeah. And they, uh, York's mom, Bethany, actually recommended them to us, and they basically, they're on Facebook. So please, if you need, if you have stuff that needs to be hauled away or whatever, don't go to the big companies. Like I 
tried to do and had them come out and they wanted to take all the stuff they wanted six hundred and forty nine dollars that said hell to no. Sure. And for the for just the big stuff alone, which is like a mattress box spring, a dresser, and like a uh, you know, a couple of other smaller things, they're gonna charge three hundred and thirty nine dollars. Yeah. Uh I sent Carter's the uh you know went to their page, did the book now and it goes through Messenger, pick a day, time, and then uh send them some pictures. Of what all you want to have uh, hauled away, and they get back to you with a quote, three hundred dollars for everything. Yeah, I said, yeah, definitely. And then apparently the, de- the date and time that I picked um, didn't quite. You know, they asked if they could do it sooner because they had an opening the next day. I'm like, I said, dude, if nobody has to be here, yeah, knock yeah. yourself out, man. Go <laughs> go for it. I said, I'll leave. I'll leave you money. You know, I'll leave you the money. So. They did. They knocked it out, left the place looking nice, hauled away everything, didn't leave a single thing behind, and for like half, over half of what it was going to cost me from like one of the bigger places. So if you have anything that needs to be hauled away, please, if you're in the Nashville area, please use them. Um, Good people and uh, amazing service and pricing. So there you go. There's my plug. I wanted to be sure I did that because I was so thankful to get rid of all that stuff. And for the price that it cost for the amount of stuff I had. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. I'm done. Your turn. All right. Let's see. I I checked out a movie from 2017. It got a 2018 release called Apostasy. Um. So I was watching, I'm always on YouTube, so I was watching the Double Toasted, and they interviewed another YouTuber, um, and he pretty much, it started off as a normal interview, and, mm-hmm. and he pretty much came out saying that he was raised Jehovah's Witness, and okay. he started talking detail about how his experience was, and um, I was just like, wow, because, you know, I wasn't expecting that uh, the YouTubers, uh, Chris Stuckman, He's a, also a movie reviewer on YouTube, pretty popular channel. And um, so he recommended some movies. When he, he, he interviewed there, then he, on his channel, he re- released a video talking more detail about his experience, and he recommended a couple of movies. One was a documentary Scientology, which I believe you already watched and I think talked about. Uh, so Netflix. Um, oh, what is the name? Probably. <laughs> I'm not saying, I think you did because when he mentioned the name and I looked it up, it it looked like um, it, it looked like something you may have already talked about the oh. the Lee Remini Remini. Oh yeah, yeah, it's Scientology and Aftermath. Yeah, that's serious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, then he recommended a movie called The Apostasy, and he just recommended like if you don't know much about it, the, that lifestyle, that community, that religion, you know, it's good content to watch. So uh, this movie is an hour and 35 minutes. Director is Daniel uh, Coco Tajlo, um, starring Salban Finneran as Ivana, Sasha Parkinson as Louisa, Molly Wright as Alex. They're playing sisters and Ivana's daughter. You have Robert Ems play Stephen, a new elder. And the film explores guilt, love, faith, 
as well as the interpersonal issues resulting from indoctrination and the authoritarian setting of the group, per Wikipedia. Um, basically, you have family of three who are devout members of Jehovah's Witness community. Uh, they attend all meetings and live their lives accordingly to the standards there. Uh, Louisa, who's the oldest daughter, is a college student. But, you know, her classes start to interfere with her going to meetings. And, of course, mom doesn't like that because it goes against their their uh, beliefs. And then younger sister, Alex, she feels guilty about a blood transfusion that saved her life. She feels that she should have refused it and died as, you know, for Jehovah, basically. You know, you, you don't believe in that kind of things if you're Jehovah Witness. And so... Then later, Louisa reveals that she's pregnant, and as a result of this, which is uh, one of her college classmates that she gets pregnant by, but as a result of this, she gets this fellowship, which means that everyone in the community, even her family, shun her. They have no communication with her whatsoever. Um, you know, if they talk, it has to be absolutely necessary things, like if... She happens to collapse and you're there. Yeah, you can help her as far as that. But there's no just random, you know, just hanging out and doing normal things like you would do. You just, yeah. she's done. And, and I think in this situation, like, you know, they, if, if you, even if you have kids, if they do something that goes against you, you pretty much don't even recognize them as, you know, if you have three kids and one of them decides to do something and gets this fellowship, then now you have two kids. You don't recognize that they're... That, that's kind of how bad that is. Yeah. Um, then you have the new elder, Stephen, who comes in, and he makes it clear his interest in Alex and moves rather quickly to make her his wife. And I guess in this way, this is how you do it. If you're going to date somebody, you know, you go right. ahead and marry them, fast track it. But then another devastating event rocks not only the community, but also the family. And then you just see how they deal with things. I guess this is a little depressing also because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just like, man, you know, you, you know, Louisa, you know, of course she's older and she's experiencing more cause she's in college. Yeah. So obviously she's wanting to do more instead of um, living by these strict rules and just, you know, she gets pregnant, you know, mom says she needs to bring this guy to the meeting and start pulling, I guess, bringing him in. And she's refusing to do that because, you know, this, this is not the lifestyle he wants to live, so why should I force this on him? But uh, as a result, of course, she gets shunned. And, you know, the mom, even though she's supposed to shun, she still kind of creates reasons to go. So Lisa lives on her own. Her mom will go there, do something simple as clean her refrigerator out. You know, just something to get her in the door to still right. see how she's doing. Cause, but um, it, it was interesting. Like, it's it's just... Kind of like how I feel some religions are, period. Like, if you're not doing, if you don't live a certain way, then this is the result. You know, it's just, put keeps you in a box instead of just letting you kind of just live your life. Yeah. You know, yeah. Which, you know, you should be able to make your own experience. Now, if you choose to stay in that community type setting, then, you know, that's, that's your choice. But it's just, right. but yeah, I, I definitely do recommend it. Um, <clears throat> it had currently has 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, audience score of 86%. So I definitely recommend it. And again, you might have to have a little pre 
prepped for watching because yeah. it's not it's not a happy movie. <laughs> right. But um yeah. Uh the next movie I watched Songbird. Okay. Uh this is um VO, for VOD rental on pretty much all your major mm-hmm. streaming platforms. There's a Blu-ray and DVD release set for March 23rd of this year. Okay. Um, but this was released in the UK on December 11th, 2020. Has a runtime of an hour and 24 minutes. Director's Adam Mason. And it stars KJ Appa as Nico. Sophia Carson as Sarah. You got Craig Robinson, who plays Lester, uh, Nico's boss. Uh, Nico is a courier. Gotcha. Uh, you have Bradley Whitfield as William. Of course, uh, Bradley Whitfield from Get Out plays the dad. Yep. West and everything yeah. else. And then Demi Moore. It oh, took me okay. almost through the whole movie to figure out that's who that was because she didn't look she didn't look like herself. Like I, I, cause I kept saying like, she looks familiar. And You're uh, like, why is Demi Lovato in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell me that's not the same person. I'm sorry. Yeah, or, that that's, or that Demi Lovato is not really Demi Moore's daughter. Like or the clone. <laughs> It's like creepy, like how much they look alike. Yeah, but uh, she plays Piper, uh, William's wife. Then you have um, <clears throat> Leah McHugh plays their daughter Emma. Uh, Peter Stormare plays Emmett. Love He's him. the head of sanitation, or quote unquote sanitation. Uh, Alexandra Dario plays May, who's a upcoming musician. Uh, then Paul Walter Hauser. Plays Michael Dozer, who's a wheelchair-bound uh, drone expert. Yeah, it's a pretty good cast. Damn good cast. Um, so what this is about is basically 2024 Los Angeles, a pandemic-stricken stri- world. Uh, you have a handful of individuals and a family surviving in the circumstances of this pandemic. Right. Huh. Um, it's one of the first films to go into production after the initial shutdown. You know, businesses right. are getting shut down, people are being quarantined and everything. But this movie was one of the first to actually go into production. Uh, the idea for the movie was March of last year, got announced in May, and then the cast joined in June, and then they proceeded with filming between the months of July and August. So. <laughs> I mean, it's simple setting. You know, they're, they're not really in a lot of locations, so right. it's pretty easy to shoot. Uh, but here you have, instead of COVID-19, they're on COVID-23. So, <laughs> three more years. God help us in two more years. <laughs> right. Um, the Los Angeles population is on lockdown and forced to quarantine. They have to do temp checks every morning at 9 a.m. And if they pass, they're good. Um, but if they fail, they get sent to the Q zone, which is basically like a concentration camp for everyone who's infected. Yeah. And it's, um, practically considered a death sentence because not many people come back out of that, which kind of a problem I had with it because they didn't really explore that much. Right. Too much. Seems like a good area to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but those that are considered immune... They can venture outside, and but aren't allowed to go around anyone else that is in quarantine. So, like, even though you're immune, you can't go visit a friend. Gotcha. You know, because cross contamination, I guess, like food, whatever. <laughs> um, but they must wear a yellow bracelet, which indicates they are immune. So the the military that roams the streets, 
you know, if they see you, that's just your verification. They scan it, and as long as you pull up that you're immune, they'll let you go. And then they have a, a new delivery system where outside the door they have, like, a unit where you place the item inside, and through UV, UV rays, it decontaminates the product. So if they're delivering mail, I don't know how they do it with food. I don't know how they handle that, but probably the same thing. Just put yeah. it in there. UV lights hit it for a few bit, then on the other side they can retrieve it. And if they have something they need to deliver, same process, just reverse. Um, again, Nico's a courier working for Lester, and Lester provides delivery services for to wealthy clients. One of which being the Griffins, <clears throat> which you have uh, William, who's a former record exec, and then his wife Piper and their daughter Emma, who has an autoimmune disorder. Oh. So they, they do show a scene at the beginning where she wants one of her friends to come over and visit because the, that friend's mom says it's okay. But, of course, the uh, Piper's like, can't do that. You have your condition. Right. You can't have people over. Um, then you have May, who's a musician, coming to Los Angeles to get a, make a break in her career. But because of this pandemic, is quarantined into a hotel room and can't leave. So she sells song covers via the internet and people pay her through like cash app and all gotcha. these other payment apps and that's how she makes her living and then you have michael dozer who again is the military vet wheelchair bound and also works with lester he uses his drones to help keep an eye on the couriers to make sure they're making their deliveries on time if they're late he can find out where they are and report back to lester he's kind of like the eye in the sky basically um then you have emmett harlan played by Stormare, who's the head of sanitation, responsible for rounding people up who fail their temp tests and make sure they're placed in the queue zone, which is practically a death sentence. And then going back to Sarah and Nico, they have a virtual relationship where they just basically FaceTime and talk and text, and they've never met, they've never seen each other in person. It's just been via communication that way. Gotcha. And Sarah lives with her grandmother, so when Sarah's grandmother gets sick and ultimately fails her temp test, um, both, of course, are in line to being sent to the Q zone because even though uh, Sarah does pass her test, the fact that she's living with her grandmother who is sick is just like a combo deal, like you got to go to. And through the grapevine, Nico finds out about the possibility of being able to acquire bracelets for, you know, the shows you're immune. And so if successful... He has a race against time to try to, well, first he tries to figure out if this is indeed true and the money he saved, he wants to try to purchase these bracelets to get Sarah. And that's the basic premise of the movie. She's, she's, she's about to go to the Q zone. Grandmother's sick, but he's trying to buy bracelets. So just like him, Sarah can, um, have a bracelet and they can run away and live their life outside of this crazy, crazy zone. Um, the best thing about the movie is it's a short time. It's like hour, 24 minutes. And okay. again, you know, they didn't really <clears throat> dig into the Q zone aspect of things. Um, it's a pretty simple movie. It's, uh, it, it's okay. I just say it's okay. It's not bad. Okay. It's not terrible. Uh, it's got a great cast. The performances are great. It's just, for the premise of the pandemic and they could have, they could have done more with it, but yeah. you know, I don't know what their limitations were outside of being in quarantine. 
True. So maybe if they were able to shoot this in normal circumstances, it probably would have turned out better. But it's not terrible. It's just um, it's a simple, quick ride. <laughs> but um, it was all right. I just okay. say it was all right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's actually one of the ones I have on my list to watch because I was curious about it. Because again, I think I looked at it and then looked at the cast. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna want to probably watch. I mean, because I like the cast. Um, yeah. So looks interesting. I may still have to. I may still try and give it a whirl. Yeah, I mean, if you're interested to watch it, I don't. I wouldn't say don't. It's just okay. Yeah, it's just it's okay. It's okay. kind of like something you can put on if you're laundry. And okay. It, you know. All right. Good background movie. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, let's, let's see. see. Getting into. I think that's. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, for trailers, we have Barb and Star go to visit. Go to Vista Del Mar. Sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. Really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a comedy about a pair of best friends that find themselves in over their heads. Um, starring Kristen Wiig, Andy Mumolo, Jamie Dornan, uh, Damon Wayans Jr., Michael Hitchcock, uh, Kwame Patterson, um, Wendy McClendon Covey. Trying to think of who else. Oh, Tom Winks in it. I haven't seen him in it. From uh, Buffy. Vanessa Bayer's in it. Trying to see. Fortune Fimsters in it. But yeah. Uh, so let's see, we got that coming out. And uh, Malcolm and Marie, which was actually shot in quarantine, I believe, uh, with uh, John David Washington and Zendaya. Uh, coming out this year on Netflix, February 5th. It's an hour and 46 minutes long. Uh, a director and his girlfriend's relationship is tested after they return home from his movie premiere and await the critics' res- critics's responses. Directed by, written and directed by Sam Levinson, so uh, shot in black and white. So, if it's going to be bougie like that, I'm definitely going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm a sucker for black. Don't have to wait for a special edition. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> exactly. Um. So for the kids, believe it or not, I mean, we have Flora and Ulysses. It's the adventures of a young girl and a squirrel with superpowers. Did um, animate it? Disney Plus. Okay. Yeah. Uh, coming out February nineteenth. Um, Allison Hannigan, speaking of Buffy, um, is in it. Ben Schwartz, Kate Micucci, Danny Pudi. Uh, Bobby Moynihan, and trying to see if there's anybody else. If that's it when I was looking at it earlier. So, you know, something for the kids to watch post-Valentine's. And then, um, see here, one more. And then Penguin Bloom, uh, coming out January 27th on Netflix. A family takes in an an injured magpie that makes a profound difference in their lives. Starring Rachel House, Naomi Watts, Andrew Lincoln, Jackie Weaver. Uh, yeah. 
So another family movie, I guess. So yeah, that's what I got for trailers. So. Right. <clears throat> and as we posted yesterday on our pay- on our Facebook group page, apparently they HBO Max has changed their mind. They're not going to do a four one hour. <laughs> uh, not making Justice League the Zack Snyder. Uh, cut. They're not making that four one-hour episodes. They're just going to make it a four-hour movie uh, in March. I didn't give a date in March, but said in March. Okay. So, okay. Still waiting on the actual date. I need to know if I need to ask off for work. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's half a shift. Um, True. So yeah. <laughs> oh God, I hope this is good. Actually, you know yeah. what? I don't care if it's good. I hope it's better than what they put out. There we yes, go. Yes. As long as it's better. It'd, it'd be better than yeah. the Josh Whedon yeah. cut. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then I'll be happy. That's I'm not asking for much. I would like for it to be in black and white, though, because, you know, all the posters and everything have been in black and white. Right. Just make the movie in black and white, and let's see what happens. Or at least give you the option. Yeah. Dude, that'd be amazing. That's yeah. on the Criterion Edition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless. Um, but yeah, and then uh, I guess you know uh, HBO Max released all the movies they've got planned to come out um, in theaters and on streaming. You know, basically dual, kind of like Wonder Woman, having released at the same time. Uh, and they moved, I guess, Godzilla versus King Kong got moved up to March. I think it's end of March, but uh, they moved it up two months. So you must be feeling good about that. I guess, shoot, I am, because I know York will be chomping at the bit to want to watch that. So Like Hulk in uh, Ragnarok. Big right? Monsters. <laughs> Dude, that meme you posted was... <laughs> I was like, there's not enough people that's laughing at this. <laughs> so, but anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's all I got. Um, and then we'll be back next week with some more... Uh, Hopefully not too. I'm going to space out my depressing movies. I'm going to find. I'm going to make an effort to find something that's somewhat cheerful to kind of give a good balance. Yeah. Because nobody wants to hear me talk. I could probably stop right there. But uh, nobody wants to hear me go on and on about movies that are just sad. Like, well, why are we even bringing this up? Because nobody's going to want to see this. Right. And unless you're like us, and we watch those kind of. Yes, I mean, if you're, you know, most. Sad, depressing movies have really good performances. True. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's it, man. Um, we have a good re- rest of your week. And uh, you as well. Yep. And yeah, inauguration's Wednesday. So, hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. <laughs> hope for the best. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Well, on uh, behalf of myself, Jeff Hall, and my amazing co-host, Patrick Terry, we will talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group 
Parental Advisory Movie Podcast and join in on the fun.